How are you all doing? That sounds like you're doing awful. What seminar did you guys go to? Mikey's, it was bad. Mikey's was pretty tough to sit through, huh? <laughs> he's joking, he's joking. <laughs> Just kidding. He's our boss. I love Mikey's, so good. Did anyone go to Eric Tonis's? So good. We go to Biola, he, we get to have him as a professor, he's the best. Um, but I graduated, so I can call him Eric now. So can Dr. I, because we're so tight. <laughs> we're really close like that. I call him E-Dog. No, no. E-Tizzy. E Anywho. Anyways, my name is <laughs> my name is Tommy. Hi, Tommy. Hi, Tommy. Hey, you guys. That's so kind of you. Um, I'm from I'm from the Midwest area. Like I grew up in St. Louis and lived in Chicago. Just if you guys were wondering. And now we're now I'm in Orange County. Um, <laughs> my dad my dad was a worship leader, so I grew up like playing on the team with him, and worship was, has always been like a passion of mine and something that I love, and I love to serve um, at churches through the worship team, and, and I've been learning so much about it these last couple years as I've been leading, and um, I'm still learning a lot. I don't know everything. Mia and I are coming from a place of still learning, just like you guys. We've had a lot of people pour into us and teach us about worship, so we're really excited to like regurgitate that a little bit and, and give you guys some insight on what we've learned. Um, but yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah, my name is Mia. <laughs> Ooh, you guys are too was, kind. You were way more no, excited no, for no, Mia. No, no, no. Shh, 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 shh. Anywho, I, Mia! Stop, it's too late, it's I too late. <laughs> it's too late. You distracted them. Anywho, my name is Mia. I grew up in SoCal, uh, Burbank Valley area. Um, grew up, my parents are in ministry, they're pastors, um, not musical, at all, at all, don't ask my dad to sing, um, but yeah, so grew up going to church, like, every day, would live there, pretty much, other than school, um, but yeah, I had a really big passion for singing and music, and I loved, like, playing instruments and stuff like that, and so, um, when presented the opportunity to lead, what better way to serve the house of God than to use the gifts he's given me and to serve his people and leading worship. So yeah, been doing that for a couple of years and still learning, like Tommy said. Uh, we have not reached the point where we know everything and nor will we ever, um, but we are excited to share with you guys what, what we've learned along the way. Yeah, hey, how many of you in here are worship leaders or play on your team or are musical at all? Okay, a few of us. Well, we'll be talking to you guys definitely in a little bit, but generally, generally, I just want to talk about what worship is, um, what a definition of worship is, what worship is in nature, and how to like live a life of worship. How many of you guys know that worship is a lot more than just that few minutes in there singing songs? Yeah, it's a, it's a lifestyle. We were, we're called to worship. Nolan, could you throw up that Isaiah 43 verse? Yeah, let's go, dude. It says, this people I have formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Isaiah is saying we were, we were made to worship. We were created to worship. And that's what we're going to be doing for eternity in heaven. We're going to be worshiping our God. Um, a definition of worship that I have is as follows. Our response to what we value most. Worship is our response to what we value most. If you guys have notes or something, write that down. Worship is our response to what we value most. 
Um, this means that uh, we are constantly worshiping something, whether it be our phones, whether it be ourselves, uh, maybe a team or a person, another person. Whatever we're valuing most, whatever we're giving, all of our thoughts, all of our attention, all of our glory, all of the glory, whatever that thing is, is what we value most, and we're worshiping that. Um, and we're called to live lives fully worshiping God in everything, in every thought, in every word, in every action. We're called to worship the one that created us. Does anyone have their Bibles with them? Could you go to Romans 12.1? Nolan, don't show them. Don't, they can't cheat. Um, Romans 12.1, whoever gets there, just read that out for me. Twelve one, twelve one. Yes, sir. Do it. Yeah, so good. I'll read that again. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true and proper worship. Paul is telling us that our true and proper worship is an offering. It's a sacrificing, offering ourselves. Uh, so that's my second point, is that worship is sacrificial. Worship is sacrificial. Other translations of this says, this is your reasonable act of worship, meaning this is just what, this is what makes sense, that we worship the one who created us. We worship the one that provides everything that we have. We offer him our praise. We offer him our thoughts. We give him the glory. Have you guys ever seen people worship like this, like him? Hands out like that? Yeah. I remember growing up in the church, I remember thinking this was maybe like a receiving or like some sort of like open receiving posture. But what this really is, is an offering. It's a sacrificing because that's what true worship is. It's a Lord, I'm giving you my praise. I'm giving you all the glory, all the honor. Uh, and it, it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I'm looking past my own circumstances. I'm looking past the good in my life. I'm looking past the bad in my life. It doesn't matter what's going on here. I'm looking up. I'm giving you glory. I'm giving you praise. Uh, I remember when I was in high school. Who here is in high school? <laughs> Should be almost everybody. Good. Uh, I remember I'd, I'd really, I had three really close friends, like my three best guy friends. Within the span of like a few weeks, all got girlfriends, and I didn't see them for forever. Has anyone been there? You guys, you understand? Has, has any of you guys been that dude that leaves his friend for a girl? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I know. I know there's some of you in here. <laughs> they found one over there. I, <laughs> I, uh, I just remember it was, it was a really lonely season if you guys have been there it's really lonely and it's definitely a burden of like what am I supposed to do like this do they value this girl more than me like we've been friends for so long I just remember it was it was heavy and I remember coming to church coming to service and hoping that maybe this time of worship like of me singing songs and just being there is going to like cure me of this weight and this burden but it wasn't until I truly offered that weight to the Lord I said God I don't know what's going on with my friends. I, I feel this. I'm giving this to you. It wasn't until I did that and stepped through that and said, God, I'm going to worship you anyways because you're still 
worthy of all my praise no matter what's going on in my own life. I had to offer it to him and step through that and still give him praise through that. It wasn't until that happened that I really felt that weight lifted and I really felt the presence of God uh, like take away that burden and give me that peace and that joy. I think that's really important because our culture is so receiving. Our culture is so, I'm going to get what's best for me. I'm going to do what's best for me. I'm going to look out for myself and uh, plan out this life for myself, for my own glory. And uh, what's so cool about worship is that when we come to the throne offering, not intending to receive, it's actually the most fulfilling thing that we can receive. Does that make sense? I know it's so opposite. Has anyone heard of that idea of the upside-down kingdom? Anyone? Can anyone explain it briefly? Yeah. Just shout it out. Oh, cool, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I love that. It's so, like... The upside-down kingdom is, is the ways of this kingdom are usually almost always opposite of the ways of our culture, of our society. And something so cool about worship is that we get to come to the throne offering praise, giving praise, and it's the best thing we can receive. Where this world tells us that if we receive and receive and receive, that's the best thing we can receive. But it's really the giving, and it's the offering. Um, And that's so important to remember when we come to a place of worship is that this is an act of giving. And don't let me, don't hear me say that we can't receive or that we shouldn't receive. We have to receive from our God. We are desperate to receive from our God. We have to learn. That takes humility to learn how to receive from our God. But worship is such a cool and special and powerful weapon because we get to approach the throne offering our praise. And God doesn't need our praise. But how amazing that we get a chance to offer that to him. Because he's worthy of everything. He's worthy. We sing about it all week. He's worthy of every breath. He's worthy of every word, of every action. Um, so those are two just important things about worship is that it's what we value most. It's something we're doing all the time. And that in nature, worship is sacrificial. It's a giving. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> There's also, yeah, like we are to approach his throne with reverence and we are supposed to, sometimes we get confused and we, um, or just don't pay attention really that when we come into a space of worship, of musical worship, we are coming before the throne of the Lord, before the creator of the heavens and the earth and he deserves everything, yet he wants your heart, yet he is so close to us. Although he is a big God, he is so, so close. Um, How many of you guys sing? How many of you guys play instruments? (laughs) I love it. Um, I want you guys to know this. Sometimes if you guys have a pen or a paper or a notebook or something to write this down, um, sometimes we get really caught up in, and speaking to worship leaders really quick, Sometimes we get really caught up in that our calling is to the platform or our calling is to worship leading. But first and foremost, our calling is to Jesus, first and foremost. We cannot do this without him. And what Tommy was talking about, we have to be completely dependent on the Holy Spirit 24-7. 
24-7. We cannot do it out of our own strength. We cannot lead his people to his presence out of our own strength. We need the Holy Spirit with us. And so my first point is we first minister to the heart of Jesus, and then we lead from that overflow. We first minister to the heart of Jesus and then lead from that overflow. I'm going to be talking about this a lot, but the concept of a secret place. And what I mean by secret place is wherever you, where it's just you and Jesus. So if that's your room, if that is your living room, for me, it's my car uh, where I could just be with Jesus. Like, Lord, I have so much happening, but I'm going to spend this time here with you. That is my secret place. That's the place where I get to, like, Lord, fill me up again with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need your strength, not my own. And we sing about that, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Because we know, Lord, I'm surrendering everything. I can't do this by myself. We need your power, your Holy Spirit. And so we have to first minister to the heart of Jesus. We cannot lead his people where we have not been before. And I think that's so important that we need, we need Jesus. And our individual times of worship is so important because that's where we get filled up and then we get onto a platform and then we can lead his people from what he has taught us, from what we have heard from him. Because how many of you guys know that the Lord is still active today? Like he's not just for the Old Testament, but he's still living and active. His word is sharper than any two-edged sword and he is still here. He left his Holy Spirit with us. We don't serve a God who is so distant. We don't serve a God who's not present. Yeah, we may not see him, but his power is moving everywhere. And he is still here. He is still, and scripture says, like, that power lives inside of us. For all who believe in Jesus, that Holy Spirit now resides in us, and now we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of us. Hallelujah. Like, we, we serve a God who is so living. He's so powerful, all-powerful. And so when we lead, we have to lead from a place of humility, and we have to lead from a place of, sometimes it's really easy to become prideful, and then we start to lead from experience. Like, oh, yeah, I've done this song, like, a million times. I know the song, like, the back of my hand. I know when there's a drum fill. I know the bass line. I know what the lyrics say. I can recite it to you. Like, and then that's a dangerous place to be in because then we don't rely on the Holy Spirit anymore. We rely on ourselves and our own strength, and we cannot lead like that. It's very dangerous, and we have to always be dependent on the Holy Spirit. So... We want to lead from the authority that God has given us. Lead from the authority that God has given us. But also into submission to the Holy Spirit's prompting. Sometimes, and we did this in early morning worship for those of you guys who were there, um, but the Lord, the Holy Spirit sometimes prompts you to sing a new song or to do another bridge again. And it's not because, like, oh, like, listen to me sing, like, this sounds really good, so I'm going to do it again. It is, wow, listen to the lyrics. Like, read the lyrics. Our God is so powerful, or our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. I'm going to sing it again. And, and our bodies, we're, we're very sinful creatures, but our bodies will sometimes get really tired of the melodies that we sing over and over and over again. 
but the Lord never gets tired of hearing your praise to him, ever. He, the angels, what Tommy was saying, the angels sing holy, holy, holy day and night, and the Lord is like, yes, you get it. He never gets tired of hearing your praise to him, although we may get tired, and we're like, Lord, this song again? But, but it's an offering. It is an offering to the Lord. Um, if you guys have your Bibles with you, I want to open up to Matthew 26. Matthew 26, 7. When we worship, we are to worship undignified. Does anyone know what dignity means? If you can shout it out. Dignity. <laughs> this is scary. Nobody knows what dignity means? <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. It's, yeah, dignity is like your respect for yourself. So it's like, oh, I'm walking with dignity. I'm walking with my shoulders back. I'm like high posture. I, I walk with dignity. When we worship, it's like the complete opposite of that. What he was talking about, that upside down kingdom, it's the opposite. When we worship, we are to be like, Lord, you deserve my dignity. Everything that I think that people are thinking around me, like, oh my gosh, I hope they think this, I look pretty, like, I hope my can't crush thinks I look pretty doing this, or do people think I look crazy when I'm jumping up and down? How many of you guys know that it's okay to jump up and down, or raise your hands in worship, or have fun, and freedom, and joy in worship? Um, Seth is jumping in the back for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the presence of the Lord brings so much joy and freedom. Like, we have hope that is living. We have a living hope in Jesus. And it's so cool that when we worship him, we are to worship. And uh, worshiping undignified is not just jumping up and down. It's also worshiping like this. But it's that heart posture of, Lord, I am giving you everything. Lord, you deserve all of it, all of my dignity. And in this passage, if someone wants to read it to me, Matthew 26, 7. Is anyone there? You can just read it out loud. Yeah. For context, um, Jesus is at this house and there he's reclining on this table and there he's with a bunch of people. And this woman comes up to him with with this alabaster flask of expensive oil, expensive oil. And she looks at Jesus and she pours it on his head. And this signified her love for Jesus. She had expensive oil expensive and it probably cost her a ton and many days to come up with that money but she saw Jesus and she was like you are worthy of everything and so when we worship in that same way we are to worship in that heart posture of Lord you are worth my dignity Lord you are worth my money you are worthy of everything that people may be thinking around me. And if you read on in this passage, the disciples look at Jesus and, and, and they look at her and he, they're like, why, why are you wasting this? Like, what are you doing? They're like, what, what's happening here? And Jesus continues to tell them, he's like, no, 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 she gets it. She gets it. I am, I am worthy. I am the Messiah. I am completely holy. I am a holy God. When we worship, 
we don't worship with empty praise. And I was talking about this Monday. We are to give God costly worship. Costly worship. And on Monday, I talked about Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Talks about how we are to be imitators of Christ. To walk in love. As Christ has loved us and gave his life up as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice unto the Lord. When we worship God, we don't we bring him an offering that he is worthy of, and that's costly. That worship sometimes, sometimes costs you family members. I know from personal experience, I've lost family members, friends, or people just look at you differently. But when we worship, it, and what he was saying is, it's so fulfilling when we take attention off of ourselves, of like, it doesn't matter. What matters is the Lord of hosts, the King of kings, the maker of the heavens, of the universe. You matter, and I'm going to give everything to you. Present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. That is my worship. Lord, I'm giving you everything. And it may cost me something, but it's so much better to live a life with Jesus than to live without him than to live in a world that's hopeless and that's broken, but instead follow a God who is still here, who is still living, who is still active, who still has power, who is still present, who is still near. And he didn't, he'd never changed. From the Old Testament to the New, from the front page of your Bible to the back page, the Lord remains constant. He never changes, and he's the one consistent thing in our lives. How many of you guys change your mind, like, all the time? This might just be me, but I change my mind all the time. The Lord is set. He is consistent. He is the only consistent thing in our lives, and he is worthy of our worship. Yeah, hey, I think there's a lot of us in here, myself included, where sometimes we don't feel like worshiping. We don't feel like looking past what's going on in our own life. Um, and we don't, we don't really feel like we want to worship. And that's okay, because worship is a choice. Everything that we're talking about, this is, these are choices that we make as believers, as followers of Christ to worship our God, to sacrifice ourselves, to offer praises to the Lord. I think I've, I've had a lot of people come up and be like, what what if, like, there's times where my heart, I don't feel like my heart's in it. Like, I don't feel, like, holy enough. Or, like, I don't feel like I'm ready to worship. It starts with that step of, I don't feel ready. There's a lot of things going on. I'm, but I'm going to take this step, and I'm still going to worship our God. Because what me is saying, he, he's so worthy. This is what we were created to do. I'm still going to worship him anyways. It takes that first step a lot of times. And it's so neat how quickly our hearts come into it because we are, this is what we were made to do. Something so cool about musical worship for me, it's like a lot of times I don't know how to express um, praise or worship to our God. And it's, it's really amazing how a lot of times in musical worship, the lyrics, the melody, um, whatever's going on in there, it, it opens my heart to worship God in ways that I didn't know I needed to worship him. Does that make sense? Has anyone ever felt that before? Of like just, just being open, focusing all, all of our attention on, on the Lord. I think a lot of times um, we, our heart, our spirit says things that we don't know that 
we need to say or we don't need to, we don't know that we need to worship him in that way. But it takes that first step of I don't feel like it. I'd much rather just like think about what's going on in my life or think about how I look or whatever. It's a lot easier to do that, but it takes that step of I'm going to worship him. Some practical things for you guys is one, that secret place that Mia was talking about. We need that. As believers, we need that daily time of just you and the Lord in his word, giving him your uh, affection, giving him your thoughts, uh, communing with God. We need that daily time. So if you guys take anything away from this, uh, find time daily. Find that secret place where it's just you and God. Another thing that has really helped me, really given me life, is I, uh, I've written down the truths of God, some truths that I know about God that the scripture says, that our God is good, our God is faithful, our God is our healer, he delivered me from this, our God is a great redeemer, uh, and then I, sometimes I have scripture references or, or moments where I remember this, God did this, God brought me out of this. Have these things written down. And then this is a, immediately a weapon that you could go to and, uh, in worship. And you can declare these things. Because our God doesn't change. Mia just said our God stays the same no matter what. And that's a really hard thing to grasp when we're so us-centered. But it's also really freeing that our God is forever good. He does not change. He stays the same and we worship the same God. Um, so those two things I, I challenge you guys to take with you. This summer is great because a lot of times we have more time in the summer. To, so implement this. Implement secret place. Time with God. Implement this list of truths that you can declare and, and give our God the praise that he deserves even when we don't feel like it. Yeah, I think that that list of truths is so important too because sometimes we'll enter into worship and we are like, where, where was your presence? Like, like, I didn't feel the presence of the Lord, and so he must not have been there. Or, he, or I didn't do a good enough job of leading, and he didn't show up. But having those truths of the Lord is here, and even his presence right now here, he is here. Having those truths of, Lord, even if I don't feel you, I know that you are there. Because sometimes we can, like, especially for worship leaders, sometimes you'll come off of a set and you'll be like, I didn't feel the Lord. And you'll come home and you'll come empty every time. And that's why having Jesus as your first calling is so important. Because you'll be craving that, that felt presence. But instead, we need, to, we need to go to the truths of who God is. And even Chris was talking about this yesterday night. Of how like the Lord remains good no matter circumstances. That's who he is. And it's so hard for us to grasp that. But the Lord is good, and he remains good, and he is near, and he remains near. Um, I'm going to close this up in prayer, but if you guys have questions, please come up to us after. We know that we just told you guys a ton of stuff, so please come up to us after. Worship is a really huge topic, and it's hard to fit in 30 minutes. But um, I'm going to close this up in prayer. We'll be here for questions after. Lord, um, Thank you so much that we get to come before your throne, that we get to worship you. 
And Lord, would you help us to worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord, that our worship would be pure towards you. Would you clear our intentions, clear our ambitions and all of our selfish motives, Father, but that our worship would just be towards you. It wouldn't be about what people think about us to our right or to our left, but Lord, that our worship would be to the most high God. And Lord, I pray as we go on through today and through the rest of our lives, really, Lord, that you would help us to live lives of worship, that we would become imitators of you. Father, that we would become more like you. Would you transform our hearts? Would you take all the filth in our hearts, Lord, and transform it to be like yours? And Lord, we lay our lives down as a living sacrifice to you. And we offer up, we offer fragrant offerings to you. Lord, we love you. Would you help us? We need your Holy Spirit, Father. We need you. We are so sinful, and we need you. But Lord, thank you for making a way that we are righteous and holy in your eyes. Lord, we love you. We can't thank you enough. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, guys. Uh, you guys are dismissed to your cabin breakouts. Cabin.